previously on Movie Deja Vu. We're out of it because we've been having nightmares. And by AIDS, I mean Freddy and Adam. <laughs> Why did I think it was Steven Spielberg? Oh, uh, she's a tortured artist. We still we, haven't found Gordon, by the way. If we still anyone have knows not what found happened. Gordon. It's Who stole the soul I prayed to keep Insomniac, bad dreams got me losing sleep I'm dead tired, my mind playing tricks Deceit Welcome to my nightmare, bitch Welcome to my bitch Oh wait, that's not this one, that's a different episode Sorry I'm doing it anyway, I'm keeping it, I'm keeping it <laughs> uh. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Movie Deja Boo Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast that answers the question, didn't I see this with me, Shady, and my co-host, John. Hi, John. How you doing? I'm good. Let's do part two. Hurrah! <laughs> Let's do... All right. So, obviously, uh, this is part two of a two-episode arc, mini-arc. So mini-arc. If you did not get the, the idea before, the hint before, go listen to part one, and then yes. come back... Now, okay, welcome to part two, everyone. <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm doing yet. In case you missed out, we're talking Nightmare on Elm Street. We did, we had a really great discussion last week, and now we're going to get into more about the movies yeah. and the backstory of the movies. More plot this time, yeah. More plot and story than, yeah. you know, suds. <laughs> also we still haven't found gordon um if you can if anyone... find gordon please let us know yes um i tried putting up posters in my neighborhood um but no one has found him yet so um please we'll 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 do our socials later as usual but please let us know if you found gordon yes. thank you so now that we're talking a little more story yes i wanted to bring up a fun, another fun fact, sort of, <laughs> that I found on the IMDb's, but it's kind of given in the movies as well. Yeah. Um, much like uh, what we're going to talk about next week, you know, comparing the two franchises together, um, this franchise, the movies are set in like a future time or not the time that they came out. Yeah, they, they, they jump around a bit. Um, the first one, technically a period piece. Another one that it's technically a period piece. Yes. Because it, it takes place in 1981. And then in Freddy's Revenge, the sequel, uh, it takes place a year after the movie came, comes out mm -hmm. uh, in 1986 because they clearly find Nancy's diary and mm -hmm. they're like, oh, hey, this diary is five years old. Okay, so this is where it gets weird. Yeah. This is what I found on IMDb, and apparently it doesn't make sense at all. Okay. Because I found that Dream Warriors is supposed to take place in 1990, but then the Dream Child is supposed to take place in 1988. Hmm. Hmm. So hmm. I want to say maybe Dream Warriors takes place in 87, the year it came out. Y yeah, yeah. Do they say in 
Elm Street what year Nancy is in school? They don't. Um, they no, they don't say she. I think they're supposed to be fifteen. Which when I was fifteen, I was a sophomore. Sophomore. Yeah. For our sake, let's correct IMDb and say it takes place in 1987. So, and that's funny because that's when Dream Warriors does come out. Mm-hmm. Um, Dream Child takes place then the year it comes out in 1988. You mean Dream Master? Dream Master, that too. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Dream Child takes place again in its same year, 1989. And then this is where we do some time travel because Freddy's Dead clearly states that it takes place in 1999. <laughs> More specifically, it's from June 14th through the 17th of 1999. And boy, does it look like 1999. And boy, howdy. <laughs> and then um, New Nightmare and Nightmare on Elm Street takes place during their respective years. Right. And, and those you got to pass on because they do take place in a separate continuity, each one. Right. Because I know that when... Uh, Again, I need like five million hours and all, <laughs> and just like all the rest I can get afterwards. Just have a new nightmare. Uh, I mean, we what? could theoretically do a whole separate episode of New Nightmare and the remake, and we can be lovey dovey for half of it and just stab, stab, stab for the other half. Let's <laughs> not because okay, um, that'll just take forever. Um, <laughs> But I know that Wes Craven watched all the movies and was like, I can't make a sequel mm. from Freddy's Dead. Yeah, it makes no goddamn so I have sense. To... Oh, um, here's a quick rundown of all the movies. Because <laughs> <laughs> in, in case you don't remember them. So the first one is Freddy's back to kill the kids of the parents who killed him. The second one is when Freddy takes over Jesse's body, the gay movie. Um, the third one is Freddy attacks the final Elm Street kids in a psych ward. Um, the fourth one is Kristen gives Alice her power. Alice brings Freddy to her friends. Oopsies. Um, <laughs> Dream Child is Freddy tries to come back through Alice's baby. Baby! Um, which that one also they were making up on the fly, if I remember correctly. Um, uh Freddy's dead. Freddy ha- apparently has a daughter and he goes after her. Um, Wes Craven's new nightmare is the meta movie. And then <laughs> the remake is the remake. So mm-hmm. there you go. Remake That's is... my quick rundown. Yeah. Um, and there's more details too. Like Dream Warriors is in the same way that I call Jason goes or Jason takes Manhattan. Jason goes on a boat. Um, that one is just kind of like Freddy versus the X-Men. Yeah. Like there's, there's a very strong Xavier school for for gifted children vibe happening in that movie, and all the kids have different powers when they go into their dreams. It's so weird. It's extremely I'm weird. Bad and beautiful. <laughs> um, it's a great line. Uh, you know, I'll get into my personal opinions on that movie later. It is. One of the more beloved ones from Nightmare fans. <laughs> Did you I will know that not that say was... that I am one of those fans particularly. But Speaking of that, apparently that was supposed to be the last sequel of yes. the franchise. Yes. Which you can totally buy. 
Right. I mean, even Wes Craven specifically wrote the first one so that it would be close to a sequel. And it was Robert Shea who sort of put in that final ending scene uh, that opens the door. I want to put a pin in that. Okay. I want to bring it up next week. Or. But we're going to put a pin in it. Just remember Uh, that, friends. Um, but yeah, I mean, and to be fair, separate from, to be fair, um, separate from most slasher franchises, there is always a door open for a sequel in Nightmare because Freddy is a demon and he (laughs) cannot actually be killed. As many times as, you know, you destroy him, there is always a way that you can magic him back to life. I don't know, I feel like Dream Child they figured out how to finally kill him. But he's a demon. There's always a way that somebody can figure out how to resurrect that demon. Okay, that's the thing, though, because Freddy himself resurrects himself. And uh-huh. I just did in English right there, but whatever. <laughs> um, let me rephrase that. Freddy himself <laughs> learns how to self-resurrect. Uh-huh. But I feel like in... Um, Dream Child, that should have just been the last one because like it should have been the last one because sized, yeah right because Freddy's dead is not also not very good. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is the title card that you got. That's the only one that has like a text beforehand. The rest of yeah. them you're just thrown into the movie. Yeah, um, there there are things that I like about Freddy's Dead and things that I will defend, but I cannot defend the movie on the whole. It's a mess. Um, but that's, I mean, I agree with you that they should have stopped after Dream Child, but it's not like, you know, for example, going back to Friday the 13th, they had to, at some point, they had brought Jason back so many times that they had to just say, okay, he is just a fucking zombie now. (laughs) Whereas, (laughs) because theoretically in the first few Jason movies, he's just able to survive he's just really hearty and hard to kill um hearty uh yeah um but eventually they just had to be like okay well we can't it doesn't make sense to keep saying that he somehow survived so this time yeah he's straight up a zombie um you don't have that same issue with Freddy because he is already a magical being. He's already a supernatural being. Yes. Um, why did I write this down for Dream Master that it's the only movie with a death that Freddy isn't there? I'm looking at my notes and I'm just like, why is that there? Okay, let's shuffle the pages. Oh, that's why. With Ricky, or Rick, whatever his name was. Oh! Oh, yes, Freddy's, Freddy's invisible. Freddy's invisible. Yes. That's because, realistically, they ran out of money for that one. Right. <laughs> Apparently, uh-huh. like, what? I, uh, I, I can, I really just want to talk about the, the fucking documentary because it's so insightful. But, like, all the movies, and, and this could also be stated about Crystal Lake Memories, um, the original pitches that they had, original ideas that they had for these movies sound so much better than what they actually did. <laughs> um, it's yeah. like Rick, Ricky was supposed to die 
um, in an elevator shaft, mm-hmm. um, like be crushed to death by that. That's why he randomly is in one, and then all of a sudden he's in. He has to fight the Invisible Man. <laughs> he's in a Wuxia-inspired action scene. So I think bad. I think they say in the documentary that it was inspired by Hong Kong Wuxia movies. Well, they threw it together to be inspired by one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is also, um, you got to remember, this is also the one that they were like holding together by duct tape and spit. So. Yes. Um, and again, I like this one a lot and I'll defend it a lot, but Ricky's death scene is nonsense. <laughs> it's nonsense. Uh, and then I have that the dream child is the one where really the death scenes were cut down mm-hmm. presumably by the mpaa stupid assholes but it's it's weird we talked about this a little bit with uh, friday the 13th uh, especially part seven where they cut down the death scenes to the point where like you don't even see a whole lot at all with these they do cut them down a lot but you still see a lot of really gruesome stuff well, like, so, there's still some, like, really terrifying imagery that still got in there. So it's, like, things, like, they cut away when things actually dig into somebody's skin, but then they cut back into the thing being in their skin, which right. is just very fascinating to me how you're able to get away with one of those things and not the other one. But, like, Greta, her death was supposed to be that Freddie ends up feeding her his, right. her own... He forces um, her to... Yeah, he forces her to self-cannibalize, which is horrifying. Close. And and especially, there's, like... We could talk... A lot of these movies have to do with... Especially as they go later into the series, Freddie using each character's own personal greatest fear against them. But that one, because she already is implied... which She's got this, like, horribly controlling mother... And it's implied that she has, like, some issues with, um, you know, disordered eating. And for that to be the thing that kills her is psychologically horrifying. Uh, it's terrible. That movie is so messed up. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. Because, like, especially when they have the sperm heads that burst out of him. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, a lot of it is nonsense. And I get why people don't like that one so much. I love this one for... They just really fucking went for it. <laughs> like they cocaine, were like, man. <laughs> <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> it's like the cocaine, but also it's like they were like, yeah, we. It's not just we're gonna write this in the script. It's yeah, we're gonna like build a whole like huge set for this. They have like all this like amazing gothic imagery throughout it. I guess starting from the beginning of the series, there's some like religious imagery associated with. Freddy um a lot of, like there's a crucifix on Nancy's wall in the first film and they sort mm. of build out from there but that's like the one where they like really get into like this whole like religious uh morality with it and it's very interesting well because it's also about abortion hooray women's rights <laughs> see okay they said that in the documentary and I've heard people say that before that this is a an anti-abortion movie I never read it that way. I have always read it 100% as a pro-choice movie. Yeah. Oh, no, um, no. I, I agree with you. that. No, but some um, people interpret cause... it as anti-abortion, which I think is interesting because nobody tries to pressure Alice into having an abortion, and she refuses. They try to pressure her into giving up her child, 
to the grandparents. Which and that's a different issue. Which I have issues on that. I think that's <laughs> a, I think that's a illegal, especially yeah. since like her boyfriend just died. Your yeah. son just died too. So her boyfriend, your son, just yeah. died. <laughs> and she found out she's pregnant. Right. And you're just like, we want your child right. to replace our dead son. Basically. Like, they want like they want like oh our guinea pig died so we're gonna get a new guinea pig and give it the same name like it's like one of those your words not mine (laughs) (laughs) but that also digs into most horror movies in the 80s despite having subversive imagery tended to have very conservative messages behind them whether intentional or not we talked about this with friday the 13th again if you have Mm -hmm. premarital sex you die yeah, and then there's, um, well, Flatliners is later. Yeah. But somewhere between 1980 and 1995. So basically pre-Scream. Yeah. Because Scream, I feel like, calls it out. Yeah. No, Scream genuinely goes subversive in the messaging. Um, but let's, you know, touch upon two other movies we've talked about previously. Prom Night 2. And Mm -hmm. uh, Friday the 13th, part three, both have teenage mothers. Both of them die. They they both have pregnant teenagers who both die. And that's sort of supposed to be, well, you don't have premarital sex. But it's interesting that this one, it's the final girl who's the unwed mother. Joe Nathan on Street for being ahead of the curve. Yeah. Literally, the baby bump. Ayo. Um, I want to give a lot of credit to Wes Craven for that, too, because he's always had, like, a very progressive outlook. Um, but he didn't have anything to do with nope. this movie, except that he Really, he didn't have anything to do with anything besides the first one and New Nightmare. He wrote the first oh. draft for Dream Warriors, but they did not use a lot of what he wrote anyway. That's right. So... Um, do you want to talk about the mythology of Freddy yes. while we're here? Yes. And how each movie... I kind of touched upon it with my differences, mm-hmm. uh, with my uh, hot takes on them. So Freddy Krueger is murdered by parents <laughs> on Elm Street, yeah. which, by the way, it's never mentioned in the first movie. No. Oh, we can get to setting real quick on the first movie. They never even say the name of the town. They never say that it's in Ohio. There's palm trees in the background. It's supposed to be California. It's later movies that set it in the fictional town of Springwood, Ohio. The Yeah, I was about to say in the second one, they mentioned Springwood. They don't say Ohio. They just say right. Springwood. And then in um, three through five, it's all in Springwood, Ohio, which apparently is massive. <laughs> it's a massive town. Uh, Freddy's Dead is in Springwood and a town adjacent to it that I didn't write down because I totally forgot. Nobody cares uh, anyway. Ni- I don't really care. <laughs> New Nightmare is set in LA and then in the remake, the Elm Street sign is seen but never mentioned again. Mm. Again, that one is like fan serviced. Yeah. Like, uh, like the reboot, uh, the remake of uh, Friday the 13th was, fan- was sort of fan service. Yeah. Sort of. I said sort of. <laughs> but um, interesting thing is that they had at the end of the first movie, Marge, Nancy's mom, 
apparently had like a whole monologue they cut out and I was just like but why (laughs) it sounded interesting (laughs) where um they all had an old all the Elm Street children had older siblings that were killed by Freddy Mm -hmm. and then um Marge actually shot Fred Krueger yeah and and that Um, yeah, I, I really would have loved for them to have kept at least the older sibling thing in there because I also think it's weird throughout the franchise how many people on Elm Street are only children. Is, um, Dream Master the first time that we have siblings? The first time it's really confirmed. Uh, I mean, they don't. It's not like every kid in Dream Warriors goes around saying, I'm an only child, but like nobody mentions having a sibling. And then Jesse does have a little sister. But, meh. Yeah. He's not an Elm Street child. Yeah, who gives a shit? (laughs) Yeah, so Freddy is, like what the sequel's title is, Freddy is out for revenge in in the first movie. Mm -hmm. And he's always... I don't understand the second movie, so we can skip over that one. <laughs> like the third one, he is back for rev- more revenge on yeah. like the last group of people who just so happen to be in the same psych ward. Yeah. <laughs> can I tell you my favorite is the product placement at the beginning of that movie? Is the what? The product placement at the beginning <laughs> of that movie. Because Kristen is paper macheing a house and she like downs a spoonful of coffee grounds and Diet Coke. It's like, Diet Coke, we'd like to have you sponsor or be a, be a product in our, our movie. Yeah. We won't tell you how. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that one is, those are supposed to be the rest of the kids that lived on the actual Elm Street itself. Right. Um, and then in four, right. obviously. That's, that's when he spreads out to other streets of Elm Street, of uh, Springwood. But is, are they supposed to be going to the same high school? Is that the idea? Yes, they go to the same high school, but they don't all live on Elm Street. So that's him spreading out to infect the rest of the town and not just... Because I guess it was only the parents on that one block that murdered him or something. Well, so if if, uh, Jason, nope, wrong one, Freddy versus the um, Mm X-Men, you find out that they have special dream powers, and then they kind of played off of that in the fourth one, where Alice has a dream power. Right, and she's also able, her own dream power is that she's able to absorb the powers of the other kids that Freddy kills. So she gets Kristen's power to be able to pull people into her dreams. I I thought her dream power is more so about daydreaming. Yeah, she's got the daydreaming too. I it's unclear. <laughs> but like but that's like she also gets she, you know she's suddenly like she can like do martial arts when Ricky dies because uh, Ricky was cool yeah. and she's smart and yeah. Blah, 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 blah. She has so the she, tokens from everyone. Yeah, she gains the strength of the other kids as they die. Like, if you guys... I know we throw around the term final girl a lot. If you guys want to know 
what the final girl transformation is like, watch this movie. Mm-hmm. That is stereotypical final girl transformation. Oh yeah, she starts off like barely able to talk to people because she's so meek and shy. And then like she ends the movie and she's like, well, well, like going into the climax, she's like, I'm gonna put my hair into a ponytail. I'm gonna put on a leather jacket. I got, I got a bandana and I'm gonna fight. <laughs> The complete reverse of rom-coms. She puts her <laughs> hair in a ponytail. Right, right. Um, I do, like, I'm kind of making fun of it, but I do really like that character arc, and I do like the way, it's very blunt. It's not very elegant, but I do like the way they visualize it. And we kind of talked about Dream Child and Freddy's, I mean, Freddy's dead. He yeah. Uses an unnamed person. They, this person has no name. This is like the first mm-hmm. and really only but character. He is technically named John. He's referred to as John. John Doe. John Doe. So he doesn't really have a name, but there is like an actual purpose to him not having a name. Because he's a Trojan horse? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Because he, he's like an amnesiac. He's supposed to be a red herring. We're supposed to think that that's, oh, that's Freddie's son or something. Yeah. It's, instead of, oh, Maggie's his daughter. If, uh, yeah. Freddie's yeah. dead is yeah. nonsense. Freddie's dead is nonsense. New Nightmare, <laughs> I love it. New Nightmare uh, is interesting because it's the only one in the series where technically the killer is not Fred Krueger. It's a demon. It's a demon who takes on the form of Freddy Krueger, which is why he has different makeup. And I did enjoy in the documentary that Wes Craven himself admitted that he continued, well, up until his sad passing, his tragic passing, um, that he kept going back and forth on whether he made the right decision in changing the makeup. No, it it totally makes sense. Yeah. Because... It makes sense to have it be different, but I also don't like it as much as the original pizza face makeup. Mm. So I kind of wish they didn't change it. I like the concept they went with, and I don't think it's a terrible idea to change it. It's like, it just comes down to personal preference. See, I really liked it. Okay. It's the sweater that I have a little issue with. Mm. We talked about the sweater last week. Yeah. All the sweaters. (laughs) But, like, Freddy Krueger's sweater is usually, like, darker tones. And then that one is a little lighter. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird because it's tonally the darkest movie. I would expect it to be, like, super duper blood red and, like, a very dark, almost black green. Yeah. Yeah. But that wouldn't be picked up by a camera. That's the thing. You have to, it's that, it's that balance of like, what would be picked up by a camera versus what looks good. Yeah. So, I was a little biased with Friday the 13th, but like watching these movies, these movies actually scared me more. And I mentioned in, that um, Dream Master has the one that scares the shit out of me, and I'm a 33-year-old man. But... <laughs> I, and I'm gonna, I, I know we're saving to talk about both movies, both franchises next week, mm-hmm. but like, I want to just say that kudos to them for figuring out 
how to make things practically scary. Like, like I know we made fun of um, Friday the 13th with the arrow through the neck and everything, but like, it's still kind of nerve wracking in mm-hmm. a way. No, no, uh, I still really like that effect. And then especially the these movies, like the, uh, I think, was it four, five, and six had the same people, same makeup effects and uh, visual effects people on it? I believe so. Because like, it, for the, the fact that they even changed hands a few times mm-hmm. is mind boggling. There's so much visual consistency, even like with the movies, like Freddy's Revenge, they basically disowned uh, for the most part as they continued on with the series, but like there's still a visual consistency with it. It doesn't right, like they, look like a different universe suddenly. When, when he pulls apart his skull, his head to show the brain, like that's still something interesting. And yeah. then um, the effect that they did to have Freddy come out of Jesse. <laughs> they also, they were really smart too because a lot of those effects, if you know what, you're, what to look for and focus on it, they don't look that good but they're so good at framing them in camera near the background so that your focus is on anything that's actually organic. So if you really watch that scene and you look at Jesse's face, you can tell it's a mannequin, but they're so good at pulling your visual focus to Freddie because it was an actual person. So that's what you're focused on. So it may, they're really good even when the effects weren't great they were so good at tricking you into not even noticing it. And I think it's interesting that um, Debbie, yes. Yeah, Brooke Thies is the actress. Brooke Thies actually played um, the cockroach, which is very fascinating. Mm-hmm. She was in that costume and everything. So I, I give I, that movie, I just give them all the credit because that one and even the next one, because Dan's death, which is unfortunate. I wish they saved him because he was gorgeous. But (laughs) um, the way that they did it, because I think that one they started, was that one like a little CGI-ish? They, from what I understand, from what I understand, it was primarily stop motion. Um, Because that one also kind of unnerves me yeah oh stop motion in general uh more horror movies all of the time in all eras should use stop motion because it is viscerally um not unpleasant but unnatural to look at which is why a lot of people freak out when they see like stop motion animated movies that are otherwise not scary like some people like genuinely have like have this like very visceral aversion to it and it's because you do see too many pauses and it does make movements look a little too unnatural. Um, Also just in general, stop motion is my favorite form of animation and um, everybody should do it. (laughs) But like the, the practicality of it is more so what I'm talking about. And uh, like, I don't think until the reboot, they really relied on CGI. Um, 
Yeah, no, that's when they used it primarily. And uh, I'm no, not, Freddy's dead, they kind of used it. They used it, but they didn't, it wasn't the only form of special effects. Um, right. It's not until the reboot that that was pretty much what they did for every scare, which I'm, I am not an anti-CGI person. I think given the right, you have to give your artists time, but there are so many wonderfully talented CGI artists out there who can do amazing things that don't even look CGI most of the time. Right. Um, the problem wanna... is that movies like this that get rushed out and they don't want to pay their artists for all of the time that they need to work on things, it's going to look like shit because it's only going to be at best half rendered realistically. We're looking at you, Michael Bay. Michael <laughs> Bay. Well, I mean, like even the Transformers movies have a lot of good CGI in them. So I don't even want to say it's totally him. No, but it's his production company. So we're going to, yeah. we're going to okay, blame him. Sure. That. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Michael Bay. Uh, fuck you, hot take. <laughs> the Rock is really good. Please don't hate me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's why, that's kind of why, I, as much as we um, poke fun of and, um, you know, talk about these movies, we also have to appreciate that, like, computer animation was not an option. No. You had to do it for realsies. So, like, mm. yes, in um, uh, Friday the 13th 3D, you could still see the strings of everything. But, like, the th kudos, you did it. Yeah. That's more so what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I got it. I got what you mean. Like, the ambition and the the drive that it takes to just put it in there regardless of how good it looks is already in itself admirable. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, if it looks great, fantastic. Um, I have other little notes here and there um, that I just want to talk about. Um, okay. Apparently number four was the highest grossing Nightmare on Elm Street movie at the time. At the time, yes. Um, that, that was the peak of the franchise as its own franchise. Um, number, technically, I know we say, sometimes we call it number five, but the dream child does not include the number in, a, in the title. Hmm. Hmm. In the yeah. main titles, I should say. Yeah, I guess that's, I yeah, think they, just skips I right think to they the added subtitle. it, I think they added it for the VHS. Mm hmm Um, New Nightmare is the only movie in the franchise not to have opening credits. Mm -hmm. And then um, Freddy's Dead is, has, a, has a 3D segment that lasts 13 minutes and four seconds. You can tell. <laughs> I counted it. <laughs> it was so trippy. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Is there anything else that you want to... God, we talked a lot about this movie, about this franchise. Yeah. Do you have anything else about the franchise you want to talk about? Well, I was going to do like a fuller breakdown of religious imagery <laughs> and uh, Freddy as a perversion of Christ. Not the Antichrist, but a perversion of Christ? Sure, Antichrist. Well, spitball it. Give, give, me, give, me, give me the highlights of your... All right, of, I mean... Of, of your TED Talk. <laughs> All right. 
Um, this is my TED talk on why Freddy Krueger is the Antichrist. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, let's start off. He is, he's been resurrected. He's dead before the movies even start. And um, he is he, resurrected. He's a Jesus zombie. Yeah, he's a Jesus zombie. And instead of resurrecting himself to save all mankind, he's doing it so he can slowly Just, but surely destroy all mankind. Um, obviously there's a lot of hellish imagery, just, he has a lot of big fire themes. He died in a fire. He's always bringing kids to his boiler room. There's lots of heat. Um, especially the second one, there's every single time he's like, is about to enter the film again. There's somebody, some hint that it's very hot in the universe of the film as well. Somebody will mention something where they're obviously sweating. Um, but that recurs throughout the movies. Christ was born of immaculate conception. Freddy was born of what is basically the opposite of that, a hundred men raping a single woman. Uh, which is... And one of them is Robert England. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I think oh, we can presume no. that's the one who's, uh, who's sperm won, since that's who Freddy ends up looking the most like. Obviously, in his life, he pretended to be an average man, uh, but was actually doing evil deeds. Christ was an average man, but was going around performing miracles for people even before he died. Allegedly. And, allegedly. Um, he was nice. He I'll was give nice. you that one. Freddie was not nice. Um, and he specifically went after the most innocent possible victims he could find young children um mm. and then I, you know what i don't get what's that and i know the answer to this but mm -hmm. i still want to ask it okay if freddie's out for revenge why does he take it out on the children because i mean i know why i know that those that the teenagers are the ones that are going to see this movie so they're obviously that's what they do with horror with slasher movies. They have teens in it because they make it relatable for the audience. Mm -hmm. But like, what should he go after the parents? Well, because I think it's one of those things where it's like death would be too good for his own killers. He wants to do something worse than kill them. He wants to kill the things that they love and make oh. them torture themselves for the rest of their lives. Sorry to interrupt your TED talk, but I was just like, Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> bless me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I had to, I just had a note. I, I was just wondering that um, mm -hmm. because obviously to circle back to your TED talk, um, Christ, according to what I remember, um, helped anyone and everyone. Yes. And so Freddie as the Antichrist is killing children, but according to what you're saying, is that that's uh, a fate worse than death for the parents. Yes. Because really I, the only... I think that's the idea behind it. Really the only adult that he kills is Marge. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, well, Nancy and her father both die in Dream Warriors. Oh, that's true. Um, he kills the entire Thompson family. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, he targets teenagers the whole time. And um, 
I think, I think it's because that would be more torturous for the parents. And he does also, he feeds off of fear. I also want to point out right here, this movie came out two years before Stephen King published it. And it was conceived of several years before that even. And there are so many similarities between Freddy Krueger and Pennywise. And I don't want to say that Stephen King ripped off this movie in any form whatsoever. But maybe he was so coked out of his mind when he saw it that he thought he thought it up himself. Are you giving us another <laughs> episode? <laughs> I love it when you organically come up with <laughs> it's not even episodes. that i don't even think that the stories themselves are that similar i just think there are a lot of similarities between fred krueger and pennywise specifically or it mm. whatever you would like to call it or refer to it as shady i look forward to reading your entire essay on <laughs> Uh, why Freddy Krueger is the Antichrist? By I mean, way. I could go into a lot more details. That's 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 the basic plot of it. We can stop right there. But, but I could I'm talk s- about Fred Krueger forever. Um, I hope that you write like a seventy-five reply tweet or whatever, whatever <laughs> the lingo is. Yeah. Doing the first paragraph of your <laughs> your soon to be essay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it'll just be the thesis statement <laughs> it'll be 75 two, tweets or less <laughs> yeah, or more <laughs> um, <laughs> as one of my biggest regrets in life is that i never got to meet wes craven before he passed away because i would have loved to have talked to him about fred krueger forever <laughs> oh. um, do you want to get into some special features yeah let's just go for it <laughs> Coffee got a cigarettes are all that I need. It's all that I need just to break this routine. Coffee got a cigarettes are all that you need. I'm gonna let you go first because I've been toying with you with this one that I have. Okay. That I hope you don't know. Okay. I'll pretend I don't know even if I do know. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. Well, so sadly, as we've already said, Wes Craven passed away in 2015. Um, oh, has it been that long? Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And um, the strange thing is he, he had brain cancer and that's what killed him. He died peacefully in his sleep. Oh. I know. Oh. I'm glad he went peacefully and I hope it was painless. But it is, it is a little eerie that the man who created Fred Krueger, the dream demon, died in his own sleep. That is upsetting. I know. That is totally upsetting. Maybe we cut that one out because it's sad. No, we should leave it. Okay. Um, but Wes Craven, you're a master. You're wonderful. You're genius. We love you. We love we'll, you. Shady will bust out the Ouija board one day and we'll <laughs> contact him. Do you know the one of the first studios that Wes Craven pitched a Nightmare on Elm Street to? Disney. Disney? <laughs> was it it was disney (laughs) (laughs) and apparently they were like well this is interesting can we make it kid friendly and he was like you know what never mind this isn't gonna work (laughs) wait really from i i read one source it was the first studio he went to other sources said it was one of the first 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> um, he also went to Paramount, uh, which had Friday the 13th at the time, and they told him it wasn't scary. Well, bite your tongue, Paramount. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. New line ended up buying Friday from you. Um, Ah, (laughs) and it built that house. Hurrah. Tying the original A Nightmare on Elm Street back to another classic slasher movie, John Saxon, who plays Nancy's father, who's a police Uh, officer. Such a daddy, too. Such a daddy. Um, He played a detective in the original Black Christmas. So... Huh. Yeah. John Saxon aged well. Yes. <laughs> He's yes. like a fine wine. <laughs> um, I'm just saying this out of my own interest. Fred Krueger was listed in AFI's 100 Years, 100 Heroes and Villains as one of the top 50 villains of all time at number 40. Way too low, in my opinion. But what I thought was interesting... Yeah. What I thought was interesting is he's the only true slasher that's on that list, which is weird because Mike Myers should be on there. If no one else, Mike Myers should be on there. Wait, are you saying man from Bambi is ranked higher than Fred Krueger? Yeah. Um, Because I know man from Bambi is on that list. I mean, I will give them that one because man from Bambi has traumatized many a child. Right, but (laughs) Fred Krueger... Come on. I mean, like I said, he's also the only uh, slasher, real slasher that's on there. Norman Bates is on there, I know. I know he's top five. Um, I know the number one is Hannibal Lecter, which is weird because he's not even really the antagonist of that movie. (laughs) Um, But I I think it's so weird that Michael Myers is not on that list. Or even our good friend Jason Voorhees. See, like, if they had Michael Myers, I could accept that Jason Voorhees didn't make the cut because they're too similar. Mm, gotcha. I see. But I do think it's interesting that the one who made it is the one who talks a lot because that's the thing that sets Fred Krueger apart from most other classic slasher villains is that he talks a lot. In English. Yeah. And, like, he's not... Well, because, you know, you have the xenomorphs that speak their own language. <laughs> it's, xenomorphs are on the list, I should say. If you, count oh. those, if you count those as slashers, I think they actually rank higher than Fred Krueger, too. And then what about Predator? I don't know if Predator's on there. I know the shark from Jaws is on there, but that's... <clears throat> and they also list him as the shark because their argument is that Bruce is the name of the quote-unquote actor. <laughs> Um, oh my god but tying it back into Jaws um, yeah the big selling point that they wanted this movie and this was like what they pitched to every studio as Wes Craven was trying to sell this uh, screenplay that he wanted to do for sleeping what Jaws did for swimming he wanted to make people terrified to go to sleep and not gonna yeah, no, uh, not going to lie. As a young child, I had nightmares about Freddy Krueger, and I didn't want to go back to sleep because guess what? That's how Freddy Krueger kills you. No, no. <laughs> like, if, if, you have a, if you have a nightmare about Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees, you wake up and you're like, well, he's not here. It was just a dream. You have a dream about Freddy Krueger. You're like, well, that's not just a dream. That's how I die. <laughs> My life is over. <laughs> Run! <laughs> 
we talked a little bit about the ending that Bob Shea basically forced into the movie with that final scare. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest, I still don't really know what happens in that scene, except that Nancy comes back in Dream Warriors and Marge is obviously dead. But that scene could be read as Nancy. If, If that were the last movie, Nancy's dead too. Right. And they can be like, it's a dream. Right, and that's, yeah. And, and that's their excuse. Yeah. Assholes, Was it also it. a dream that her mom didn't die the first time? So the ending that Wes Craven had in mind was just the straight up happy ending. That Nancy defeats Freddy Krueger. Her mom is not dead. Things are great. She drives off with her friends. Cut to credits. So I will say... I normally don't like when they tack on, when producers force an ending like that to open up the possibility for a sequel, but I don't think it was a bad idea either to add a scare at the end, because that does seem a little bit of a letdown compared to the rest of the movie up to that point, if it's just the totally happy ending. Right. I mean, thank you, Friday the 13th, for doing that. (laughs) Thank you, Carrie, for doing that. Thank you, Carrie, for doing that. (laughs) But we didn't talk about Fred Krueger was the name of Wes Craven's childhood bully. So that's where he (laughs) pulled that name from. Yeah. (laughs) On top of that, there's also like a lot of really obvious um, visual references to classic horror movies. And when I say classic, I mean silent era horror movies. There is a lot of very strong expressionistic inspiration, lots of strong lighting and shadows. Um, You could almost draw, at least visually, aesthetically, you could almost draw a straight line between movies like The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari to A Nightmare on Elm Street and completely skip every other horror movie in between, almost. It is like classic monster movie stuff. Um, I think that's another thing that really sets Freddy apart from a lot of the other slashers is there is something about him that feels more like Dracula than like a, than like Michael Myers. And I think that's so interesting. I got a few things. Okay. First off, books. (laughs) If anyone knows how I can find these books, (laughs) I'd love to read them. I'm a nerd. All the movies except for Freddy's Dead and the reboot have novelizations. And it seems that... So all of them, but the bad ones. Yes. So one, two, and three are lumped together. Four and five are lumped together. And then New Nightmare has its own um, novelization. And then there is the, the Black Flame books. I couldn't... Okay. So unlike... Um, Friday the 13th, I couldn't really find what these are about. So we're just going to go based off the titles. <laughs> um, so the Black Flame books are Suffer the Children, Dream Spawn, Protege, Perchance to Dream, and The Dream Dealers. Hmm. Those seem interesting. Sure. And then there's Freddy Krueger's Tales of Terror series. Um, those are Blind Date, Fatal Games, Virtual Terror, Twice Burned, Help, Want- Help Wanted, 
and Deadly Disguise. And then there's also Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger's Seven Sweetest Dreams. I don't know anything about that. But if you guys know, tweet me or email us, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's also a fuck ton of, vid- of comic books. This is interesting because it went through five different uh, companies. Mm. Like the title went through five different companies. Mm. Uh, and then, okay, this is what I've been sitting on. This is from Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt. Apparently, they're thinking of doing a second remake reboot of the franchise. Mm. As of 20, from 2015 to 2018, it was in development hell. And, you ready for this? I hope you don't know this fact, because if you do, I'm going, to, I'm going to jump in your dreams and kill you. I'll pretend I don't know it. Robert England expressed interest in a cameo and wants Kevin Bacon to play Freddy. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I mean, what? What? Damn it. God damn it. Of course you fucking knew it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because then it'll tie in both franchises. Ooh, yeah, bitch. (laughs) I'm sorry. But as of 2019, um, the film rights went back to Wes Craven's estate. Uh, They've begun working on resurrecting Freddy. Ha ha! And taking pitches for either a feature film or an HBO Max series. Do you want to get into final thoughts? Let's do it. Okay. I can't believe you fucking knew that fact. God damn it. Special features. Let's move along to final thoughts. We're asking four questions this time. John, did we like this franchise? I fucking loved it. Big, big, big statement. This might be my favorite movie franchise in the history of Hollywood. Wow. I fucking Hot love take. it. I fucking love this franchise. It's incredible. All right. What's your ranking order of them? You ready? Yeah. It's going to be a bit controversial, and I'm not sorry. Go for it. New Nightmare. Mm-hmm. One, three, four, five. Reboot. Freddy's Dead 2. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, you can't, I, I, I feel like three, four, and five work so, like, like what I said about the Tommy Jarvis saga trilogy, hmm. three, four, and five work so well together that, like, they're more like one slot instead of three different slots. Because mm. it's just like three, four, five. You can, I can interchange those all I want. <laughs> and I tried. Uh-huh. Except, you know, I think I like, I like three more because they're like a little more X-Men-y. Four is great because it still builds off of that, but like three was the first one to introduce it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then five, the baby, like, just isn't good. What's yours? So, New Nightmare, number one. Okay. First one. Great. Five, four, three. I don't like the X-Men thing. Gotcha. I think, uh, I think what, I think Patricia Arquette is great in it. I think the cast is great. And I think the individual like actual kills are incredible and the scariest one in the entire franchise to me is the flesh marionette 
that haunts me. Yes. But uh, the story just doesn't work for me. I pref much prefer Alice's story, and I think it's much stronger in the fifth one than in the fourth one. But I really connect to her arc so much that even though the kills aren't quite as slick and they're not quite as scary, I still love the story that's pulling it all together through five and four better. Gotcha. I, thing. I still think it's good. Like, I think Obviously, because it's like in the middle of your list. Right. You still have um, three more. <laughs> yeah. So two, I like to as its own thing better than as a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Freddy's dead. And then... The reboot that you really want to throw out. I hate it. I wish I could erase it from my memory. I hate it so I, much. I ranked it higher because of Jackie Earl Haley's portrayal of it. He is great. So would we watch these movies again? I mean, yeah. I know you would too. I, I, the re I know you won't watch the remake, but like... If somebody Maybe. pulled together a really good highlight reel of Jackie Earl Haley's scenes and cut everything else out of the movie, I'd watch that. I actually liked Kellen Lutz. And I know he's the first victim. Oh, Katie Cassidy, too. Yeah, I do like Katie Cassidy in it, but she's she dies so soon. But, like, I like how... I liked how they upped the... Um, horror of her death that it wasn't exactly the same because they did it twice already they did my thing is i i liked it up when it first started happening and it looked like she was having a seizure that i thought was really effectively scary and chilling but then like once she started floating around in the air i thought it looked so cheesy i'm more so like the when the slashes happen and then she falls at the end because that, okay. the, way I, I that mean, they, the way that they shot it is very interesting. It's not the same as Tina. Um, last and, question. And then the last question, are these movies actually the same? I want to say no, but I could see them being chapters in a book, except for two um, new night, uh, two... Freddy's Dead and the remake. Mm -hmm. I feel like those are not the same chapters in the same book. Right. No, I, I'm I kind like, of with you there. It like one, three, four, five, three, four, five, New Nightmare are, would be in the same arc, in the same book, but they're not necessarily the same. I feel like though that the reboot is quote unquote fan servicing. Um, the first movie and parts of other movies. I'm, I'm kind of with you there that a lot of slasher movies, as much as I love them, they get very samey. And this franchise stands out because it all builds on each other, but it builds on each other in a really clever way that does make each one stand out from the rest of the pack. And if Some... you want to stand out from the rest of the pack, or if you want to tell me where I can find these books that are not for three hundred dollars, oh um, my god, yeah, you can at me on Twitter. I'm at Movies John. That's John with no H. And if you want to 
help proofread my, my treatment for my pitch for A Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> and then help me get it uh, uh, copyrighted and then send it to the West Craven Estate, you can at me on Twitter at Cookie O'Shady. Uh, you can email us, uh, the podcast, at moviedejavupod at gmail.com. Let me see if I can spell it this time. That okay. is M-O-V-I-E-D-E-J-A-V-U-P-O-D at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Insta at moviedejavupod. And we're on Twitter at moviedejavu. No pod because, you know. It followed um, Gordon. Where's Gordon. Where is Gordon? Did we fi- did anyone find Gordon? Please email us if you found Gordon. Shady. Yes. What are we doing next week? Oh my god. You 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 just wait. Next week we are doing Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Now <laughs> why now we're breaking our norm. Yes. I know this is one movie, but we're going to also be comparing the franchises. Yes. So Buckle up, Buttercup. We're going to be talking about 20 movies. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's do it, Shady. But not now. Bye. Bye. I'm going to be burning to your inside.